This podcast contains swear words. Hello and welcome to Talking Shit with Tara Cheyenne, a podcast about art making, creativity, not giving up, you heard me, and living well in the process. And I'm coming from the perspective of a performing artist, but the themes and issues discussed here apply to all of us. Whether you consider yourself an artist or not, life is a creative act. I'm your host, Tara Cheyenne Friedenberg, a choreographer, actor, dancer, writer, and educator. And now, in midst of COVID-19, I'm also figuring out how to be a filmmaker. Living on the unceded ancestral territories of the Musqueam, Tsleil-Waututh, and Squamish peoples on the west coast of Canada. In today's podcast, I will be sharing with you an interview with Zine Kwan, a wonderful dance artist and choreographer living on the west coast of Canada, quite near me. And I'm excited to share this with you because this is the first in-person interview that I've been able to do since way back in February, I think, or maybe early March might have been the last one. It might have been Melanie Yates. Uh, We were at a safe distance. Don't worry. I'm not a crazy millennial far from it, who thinks that, you know, oh, we can, whatever, it's going to be cool. Just, I might kill my grandparents, but whatever. Um, so it was amazing to actually see Zine and uh, have a great conversation. She is one of many inspiring female-identifying artists that I know, and um, she's doing some really wonderful things. So I'm really excited to share that interview with you today. And before we jump into that interview with Zine, I would like to please remind you to share this podcast, to rate and review this podcast. It helps it get a little bit higher on the search list, especially on Apple Podcasts, so it does make a difference. And if it is within your means to donate even a small amount, really does help us keep this podcast going. You can go to the upper right-hand corner on terrashyan.com, hit donate. Just before we get going, I also want to acknowledge that during this time, we are not in our usual kind of studio, soft things around us environment. So there are some sounds, some background noise, but that's, you know, that's part of the texture that we're living with during these times, these digital distance times. I also want to put a little disclaimer that Early in the interview, I mentioned that Zine is wearing leopard. I just want to make sure that it's probably unlikely, but in case you thought, is she wearing a leopard? What I meant was she's wearing leopard print. And I don't know, as a middle-aged woman, I I, I have this feeling like, should I be wearing, should I not, should I avoid that? I'm going to tell you, Zine is the demonstration that you can wear whatever the fuck you want and, uh, It's going to look great because if you like wearing it, it's going to look really great. So if you feel like, well, I don't have the body shape, whatever, um, age, attitude for wearing said thing pattern, get that right out of your mind. Do you like it? Does it make you feel good? You should wear it. So, um, yeah, but not an actual leopard. I don't think an actual leopard um, 
would re- it, it might eat you as a matter of fact. So, yeah. Okay, Zine. Hi, Tara. I'm so happy to have this opportunity to have a chat with you. I've known you, I was trying to figure out how long we've known each other, um, which is hard to figure out because we're so young, but it's been a while. Three decades? It's possible. It's possible. Um, And I remember exchanging like looks with you across a room when something ridiculous was happening in some event, Um, but we've never really like had a a good chin wag. So I'm really excited. Nice. I've never heard that term. Chin wag? Chin wag. You've not heard that term. Oh, it's it's good. I quite like it because it's just the wagging of, of the chin. Nice. Um, <laughs> a good chat. So um, Zine looks really good right now. You can't see her um, because this is a podcast, but she's wearing a leopard dress. And earlier she had leopard shoes on. Oh, gorgeous. It's one of the banes of my existence. I always match. Are you matchy-match? Yeah, it's really irritating. I try not to match, but... Oh. Yeah. It comes naturally. It comes obsessively, like, just out of my system or something. But I could have matched, not quite match. Which is nice. Yeah. But it's problematic. <laughs> and see, to me, it's like, ooh, that's... I would like to achieve that. If I, if I try... It gets... I, get to, I go too far. There was a period when head-to-toe pink, like, pink umbrella pink bag like it just I caught a glimpse of myself and I thought okay we're dropping this right now because I guess I don't know how to oh modulate I'd like to see you in head to toe pink yeah I I wouldn't do that now (laughs) it was an era (laughs) it was an era um we are sitting in the shop that is part of zine's morrow project are you calling it a project is it a studio the front half is a studio. If you live in Vancouver, it's very, very worthwhile coming by. It's gorgeous space on Pender. The front is a studio. The back is full of amazing objects, creations by artists, by dance artists, visual artists, music artists, all kinds of really interesting people. People I didn't know made things. I know. It's amazing. It's not, like, it's not actually surprising. At first, I found it very surprising, but it's no surprise that creatives are creative and make a plethora of things. Like, I mean, we could go, we could do the tour in audio if, if you like some of the things by some dance artists. Or maybe we'll do that affiliates. at the end yeah, okay. and and list them because it's really impressive. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, so I call it a space because it's not exactly a studio on the front. It's so small, although I'm using it for a creative process and um, if things go well in terms of COVID in the fall for some for sharing with the public one person at a time and then in the back is a shop but it's also where I warm up in the morning sometimes and then there are some things by artists for sale in the front so I guess it's a bit of a creative flex space and there's other things happening here too so there's the dance aspect of my work that's happening here as well as I'm sharing the space with a few young artists just giving it to them um, in the evenings and weekends, or if somebody calls me and all of the dancers I'm working with, I'm just like, if you need space, let me know. And then Oksana Augustine, who is a dancer artist yes. who is doing her aura paintings here on the weekends. So right. things like that are happening. 
So she'll be out front painting somebody's auras. She's doing that again next weekend. I was here with Peggy. We did an improvisation. So I'm really open to people saying, hey, I'd like to use the space. Oh, Peter Dickinson, of course, our friend, is launching his book here. He's going to do a series of meetings with all the artists that he writes about. So I like the idea that because the space isn't exactly anything, that it could be any number of things for different people. Yeah. I've often... um dreamed of flexible like it just feels really community it feels like really neighborhood initiative kind of with our community so I just am I really hats off when did you feel like or when did you know you wanted to do this what were the series of events did it just kind of happen or have you been plotting no I haven't been plotting I mean I think in years past I might have been walking down the street with my partner and said oh it sure would be nice to have my own space but this was really one of those instances of necessity or being the mother of invention. And uh, what happened was the project that I'm working on right now, which is Maiden Voyage, which is a piece that pays homage to grandmothers. It's um, with Alexa Martin, Marissa Gold, Rianne Savalnis, Zara Shahab, Sean Carter, and myself. It was going to be this big ensemble piece at the Shadwell Centre for the Arts, and that fell through. And I'm hoping that we may still be able to do it there because, yeah, of course, Corey and the Shadwell are so generous. But it was supposed to happen now and in October, and I just, I didn't want to lay off five dancers. I didn't want to stop. And so I thought, I'm just going to find a space to do this. And, of course, realizing that to translate an ensemble work into a number of solos, I would need a fairly unlimited amount of time. Right. So there were no studios open at the time. The dance center hadn't reopened yet. EDEM hadn't reopened yet. So I started looking at Airbnbs and I thought, no, maybe I'll rent an apartment. And I contacted a few people. I'll rent an apartment and I guess people can come up one at a time. But Airbnbs are quite expensive. They're like hundred and something. They are expensive. Yeah. And like, I wasn't really sure how that would work. I even, like, offered to one of my neighbors, like, could I rent your apartment? And then I was like, oh, I'll go look at shopfronts. And my first thought was, because we were really, people were just only doing video work at that time, I thought, well, this is a way to invigorate the live arts. And when the windows are open, the blinds are open, people walking by can see creative processes, was my thought. Yeah. And then I made a bid on a few spaces, and... Then I said to my partner, who owns the paper home bookshop next door, right. I knew that this space was empty and had been for a few years. I said, I wonder if I could make a proposal. And he's like, yeah, you know, might not happen, but go for it. So I made a proposal to Miriam and Andrew Mowat, who are the owners of the Victorian block and the hotel. And they just said yes. <gasps> so I made a pop-up proposal. And so right. just all of a sudden, I was like, okay, we're doing this. And then... Gained possession, spent two weeks painting, cleaning, making nice. And at first I thought I'll just sell, you know, maybe one thing or two things um, because it's also zoned as a retail space. And But then I was like, never mind. Let's just bring it in. So my, my, my vision is that the front is very spacious and has, yeah, very spacious and quality. And that when you walk back here and that it's just like... Um, an open treasure box of mm. things in conversation with each other, which uncurated. Um, so, yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> it's so cool. It's so cool to have um, all these artists, you know, creative people 
are going to be making things in whatever other ways. And of course, the pandemic. Um, <laughs> I said we weren't going to talk about the pandemic. Um, that, you know, like these little fissures open up, whether it's time necessity and um, it just the opportunity to see all these great objects yeah. that people have created. Yeah, and more often than not, it's just like, it's not just, I mean, several of the dancers who have worked here, it's writing or one thing, but quite often one dance artist will be like, oh, well, but I also make this or I also make that. Oh, what about like, yeah, and I can go through some of those people um, where there's just, and there's something so beautiful also with artists that I'm used to seeing in a performance setting to actually have a tangible, physical, like I often mm. wish that what I create was was a ta- thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, like, you know, when you see somebody's visual art and you're just like, ah, oh, I wish I made a thing. And totally. And yes. uh, like, so for example, Erica Mitsuhashi, who is a dance artist. Um, everything from her masks, which are so beautiful. They're They're so beautiful. I'm totally buying one. They're Japanese cotton on the outside and then they're linen on the inside. But when you pick one up, and because I know Erica somewhat, I'm like, this mask feels like Erica. It's like light. It's exquisite. It has just a kind of care and detail to it. But then she's like, oh, yeah, well, I make... Bolo ties. I'm like, what's a bolo tie? They were, she was, oh, she's yeah. Like, I'm not sure if anybody would want one. And they were gone in two days. Oh, yeah, I would totally want one. Um, a little mini cactus, journals. I mean, and people just make a variety of things. It's, uh, it's, it's really lovely. And I'm surrounded by this every day. I've been here every day, basically, for the last I don't months. blame you. It's gorgeous. When did you start in here? Uh, I gained possession June 22nd, and I spent about two weeks getting ready for my rehearsals, which began, I think, July 5th. Yeah. And then I opened up the shop on July 13th. And it's not like I'm raking in the dough, but I'm just like the percentage right now for artists is I'm taking between 10 to 15%. And then for some of the visual art, I'm just saying I'm not taking anything, send me a donation later. But I have made a proposal to extend the lease, at which point, like come September, October, I'll need to try to take like 20 to 30%, but that's still way under regular consignment. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah it's, so, yeah. yeah, it's another, another thing entirely. It's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Um, your piece that you started working on that you, you are in process right now, yeah. Maiden Voyage. Yeah. Um, I'm so intrigued. Um, and your cast is incredible. I know the most amazing cast. I know. I was just like, Oh, and, Oh, and, Oh, wow. <laughs> right, right. So, um, tell me about that and like the, the idea or the inspiration for that and how it's going. And Well, made in voyage, it's spelled M A D E like created in voyage is also a play on words from Denton Welch's um, book called made in voyage first voyage. Um, and I just always liked that title for a long time. And the piece is inspired by grandmothers, but firstly by the stories of my grandmothers that I've been learning little bits of over the years. Um, and my sense that even though I wasn't extremely close to them, I mean, they raised me, but it's not like we sat down and read mm-hmm. poetry together or yeah. even knit things or, you know, they were my grandmas, right? Um, I, I have this feeling feeling that when I think of the word matrilineal I feel that I that within me I have a lot of the instincts of my mother and the qualities and then of my grandmothers and actually just recently working with Olivia Davis Sharon 
an Ashnabe elder was saying that our ancestors are like campfires in the sky and those are the stars and then she said this beautiful thing and it was just when I began starting process with Zara because she would lead us through these ceremonies and then she said that our ancestors they they didn't know our names but they knew we were coming and so plus this fact that physically we carry this DNA so I feel like my survival instincts any creativity that I have um i it's connected. And when I know, when I hear the stories of my grandmothers, it's just like truth is so strange. What things have been like the things that people go through in their lives. And by the time you meet them, they're just like your grandmother living in Arbutus village, but where they came from and how they got right. there is like, yeah. and, and so I purposely chose a cast of dancers who were interested in that research, as well as just some dancers I really wanted to work with. And, uh, yeah, we there's so many things. It's like it's impossible to choose. You can't tell a person's lifetime, but there's something about what comes out and how it's connected with the person who's sharing that story. It's, um, yeah, that's what that piece is. So we just finished with Rianne yesterday, and hers is really quirky and strange. Um, Marissa Gold's I finished. And Zara's, I finished. So two weeks for each person. And then we'll come back together in the fall and try to distill some more and work on details. Yeah. And are you, in the creation, are you doing a lot of like talking and moving, moving and talking? What's your process like that way? Well, as it turns out, Tara, I'm not unlike you. I just really like to create with language. Like I love language. Yeah. And, but I don't really sit down and write the language down what happens is the words show up in the space and then I enjoy the way that people say things or then taking them and um kind of repurposing them in a way so what was the question language so there's definitely language and and there's movement um it's not representative necessarily like uh, the color blue but um (laughs) and then what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So on this process, as with the odd volume, what I realize I'm interested in is I'm interested in facts. So ah. in the case of people's relationships with their grandmothers, they'll start talking about, oh, yeah. I'll just use an instance of my grandmother was completely illiterate, but raised uh, seven children to adulthood. And she sent them all to university overseas from Hong Kong even though she herself didn't write or read a word of Chinese. So that's just a fact, right? Or those are a series of facts. And then there are the feelings that I have around that. And so it's been really interesting not having any um, verbal expression of feelings. Um, Although at one point I think Zara says, I wish I could have some beef rundown right now because she says. (laughs) But yeah, so I'm enjoying this idea of sharing a few facts and then that, the container of whatever emotional responses relationship is through the presence of the body and how, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Oh, wow. I love it. Yeah. It's interesting how uh, the idea of um, language, and I've had this conversation with uh, quite a few people because I too, I don't like sit down and write like with a pen and a piece of paper or like a keyboard. And for the longest time I didn't ever like, list myself as writer 
until my very good friend, Jen Derbyshire, was like, well, did you come up with the words? And for some reason, it was like, oh, I did. But because it was in the context of my body, in space, in the studio, um, it, it occupied, I think, the same space as the movement. So this is a really interesting yeah. um, intersection yeah. um, of ideas and, like you say, like facts and emotions. Oh, it's just like I'm so fascinated. And responses. And in this case, because the stories belong to each of the dancers, like, right. or dance artists, I should say, it's, it's what they bring, right? And then there's a process of saying, well, okay, you said that. Is it okay if... And then some things are, you know, they were just part of the information. And then um, it's it's really, really beautiful doing the work. And with Marissa, um, her parents came on our last day of rehearsal and witnessed. And um. it was just amazing, like, listening to their response and being in the room with them. And, like, I just started crying. And <laughs> like, it's just... Yeah, it's so beautiful. And then afterwards, they talked about Marissa's Grammy and, you know, um, asked some questions. And Joyce Rosario, actually, just yesterday, I invited her to come and help a little bit um, because we've been doing these sharings um, with Liz Lerman's techniques. So she came yesterday. It was really, really generative and helpful and also came during Marissa's. So that's been another element of that. I've just been trying to take feedback including my own hyper-criticism, or sometimes the questions that dancers ask, or my collaborators ask where I might just normally say, oh, I just like it like this, and then going, okay, why does it work, or why is it not working, or why does it feel strange to them? What's the function? Like trying to turn things around into tools for questions. It's been nice, too. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like um, like a community effort, like a collective web of of ideas and mm-hmm. and uh, that are that are kind of crossing uh your inspiration yeah um, when you work on yourself here's a question i know it's so hard um have you started working on your because it's going to be these solos have you started working on yours yet well, I did a rendition of it at Sawdust Collector with James Meager on stand-up bass. Mm-hmm. So I know one of the stories that I want to tell about yeah. my mama, my mom's mom. And I know what I want to tell about my mama. But I started working on it, and it's so interesting how... I mean, I'm a pretty novice creator, but even in that novice state that how seeing is believing. Mm-hmm. And that from the... You know, like, I just understand. I'm just like... Yeah. Even if it's intuitive and later I have to go back and go, wait a minute, what's the representation here? Blah, blah, blah. Um, but then inside, it's just, like, do you have the same thing where it's just like mud? Like, yeah. And I make like 100 choices in two hours and I can't bring myself to commit to any of them because they all just taste like <laughs> mud. So that's what that is like. So I think I'm going to try to be smarter. And I started with Leanne. I was like, let's just steal two hours of your solo and... And then, like, it was just that much easier. Just, like, literally, I was like, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Either seeing her or having her, like, we're all just, like, children. We need somebody to watch us. We or do. Something, right? We do. Yeah. We yeah. need witness. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm with you. I've started to, with the piece that I'm 
you know, again, like moving from doing an ensemble piece into like, well, it's not an ensemble piece anymore. Um, embracing the solo, but I'm like, I need, I need conspirators in the room. And it goes from being a total nightmare of my own brain and like, well, that was stupid. You've done that before. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. To like this really wonderful back and forth and smart ideas and oh my gosh your last solo that i saw at the fire hall i'm like how could any one woman come up with all those things it's <laughs> so funny so many times like Thank it's you. like yeah but it is hard to imagine that one person and then because it's it is a collective it isn't just me yeah. like there's yeah. no way yeah. yeah um yeah no i think if if i had to work absolutely for reals by myself i would just I mean, I, I do like it. I like, I don't like to use the word rigor. I do like that commitment. I mean, and I do find if I'm working on a solo for myself, if I have um, too many voices too often, then I crave the alone time to go through that puzzling. That's a good, yes, yeah. very good point. So it's just like this balance. And sometimes it feels like I need 70% of the time alone and 30% of input other times I'm just like, I'm too lazy and I have too much going on. I just need like 90% yeah. of input. Like, but it is an interesting, that relationship to self is important in solo process, obviously, and to one's own imagination. And to failure is really important as well. It so, is so important. Yeah. That's such a good point you make. I think that's a, something to remember as artists is like, just like knowing yourself, knowing when it's okay to need outside, to need our yeah. friends or conspirators and when it's okay to really need like you know no i my decisions need to be at the forefront right now yeah and and how that plays yeah yeah i mean there's one section in the odd volume i think i just tried like i was out at the shab bolt and having the luxury of that time and space and residence there basically it would go at 10 a.m spend an hour and a half warming up i think we've talked about this before and maybe you said to me just end up reading magazines or something oh that yeah. kind of thing <laughs> And then basically by the end of three hours, I would finally have arrived at an idea that I liked. And then I'd come back the next morning and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to, and then I'm like, he had this idea. By the end of that three hours, I would have like a month of that. Yes. But having been there, knowing it's a valuable process that I don't anticipate with great happiness, but knowing that it, something does happen there as well. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's part of the thing. It's part of the thing. Yeah. I had a funny conversation with Josh Martin. We were talking about how that phenomenon, I don't think it's exclusive to, to choreographers or theater makers, where one day it's like, this is so cool. Oh, this, I love this. This is great. And you come in the next day, and you're like, this is not good. It's so not good. This is terrible. Now, I mean, you have been doing this for a long time. Do you find, like, as the years roll by um, or spiral by, because I don't really think they're moving in a straight line, that you trust more how things, like you were talking about, like the thing, how your process, or is it always changing for you? I haven't been creating for a long time. I've only been creating for seven years. Right. But I've been in so many creative processes by such an array of creators so I think there's been some osmosis of tools that have happened and approaches um, but like I'm in the seven years time I think the first two pieces I just wasn't sure if 
any, I was going to be able to make anything. And now it's like right now I'm making six solos in 12 weeks. Right. Right. And like, I'm not even one of those people who's like at home writing down what we're going to, I just walk into the room. I have a few ideas, very informed or I'll have a piece of furniture. and I know who the person is going to be, but I actually realized that finally I just trust there is, I just know because as soon as you walk into the space, there is something in the meeting of your imagination, that space, what preceded your imagination. And then if you have the great fortune of working with another artist, they just say the word green and you're like, of course, of course, of course, we have to go to the forest and collect fur and then put it all over the floor. And then, and then you're like, oh no, no, actually we need fussy fur. Like, it's just like that, right? Like, yeah. like, do you have the same thing where you just trust now? Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, on a bad day, it's like, oh, this is, I should just cash it in and go back to school. But yeah, I mean, it's that thing. I know what, well, you know what I know is that doing a whole bunch of prep work, <laughs> writing a bunch of shit down, making a big old plan is like, it's a waste, huge waste of time. Well, for some people, I think it's, it, for it me. works. Yeah. For yeah. some people yeah. it works. It's yeah. the perfect place. Yeah. Um, but I'm like you, it's, it's the, energy it's the space it's who's there it's just like honoring that that um yeah it's like creating is just a series of responses you know in a way or not just it is a series of responses that are predicated by idea and content and context that continue to expand but part of the thing about you know I didn't think I wanted to talk about COVID is originally I was supposed to make an ensemble piece but the truth is that any ensemble piece I've made has actually been a series of solos with like maybe a little group part. So what a relief. I actually love that, that process of creating solos. And then also something about, well, I'm hoping we're going to perform for one audience or one household at a time, but that trust that I was talking about is even more present when there's not the big premiere that's going to happen to all 200 people, five nights in a row or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. that's like, I, there, that must a lot of people must be experiencing that who are creating where just yeah so that the worry of what other people will think is I mean I care what other people receive but I feel like I'm actually able to work on what interests me as opposed to going okay now I have to have that section where there's lots of bodies moving in space even though mm-hmm. I'm so uninterested that in that in my work, I just want to watch somebody sit there and pick up a book ten times, and that can fascinate me. So, and you know, conversely, some like so something about these times where everything is reverse, upside down, backwards, sideways, makes space for um, something genuine. I feel. Yeah. In process. Do you have the same thing happening? Uh, yeah. Very similar. Yeah. It's like all the noise has been taken away. Yeah. All the, also the busyness. I mean, I'm really relieved. I mean, I'm still totally busy, yeah. but not the same high. Pressure. Yeah. And all the, and the pressure of, yeah, like it's going to be in this theater. We got to sell the tickets. We got to get the bums in the seats. It's got to have all these. And a lot of them I know are my ideas about what I should be exactly. doing. Exactly. Same here. Yeah. yeah. But when it's stripped away, it's like, well, actually, what do I really want to make? Like, what re- and what, what do I have to share that really needs to be shared? Right. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. what is the imperative? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So there's that. I mean, 
I don't know. How do you feel about, are you like, I mean, we're going to get back to that eventually one day. In some form. Sharing. But it will be different, which is good. I it mean, is good. We all know that. I mean, how do you feel about that? Like, do you have shows coming up in theaters that have been moved into the future that you're like, yeah, that's going to happen? Yeah. I've kind of let go. I, I did mourn. Like, yes. I had a premiere that was supposed to be yeah. at the beginning of October, okay. like you. And, um, but I, it's interesting. It's very parallel because it was a ensemble piece and yeah. I realized it, it never was. It exactly. was always a solo. For yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Created in community, though. I'm right. creating it with people, yeah. a, like a team of outside eye. Amazing. Amazing, yeah. Which is so fun. Team it's like, this is great. <laughs> it also frees everybody, right? Like, it's like, I can't because I got to get my kid or um, I've got another gig. So it, it gives this, um, it's a different texture. I really like it. And yeah, just kind of coming back to, well, why am I doing this? And what really matters yeah. with what, what I'm making? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I have something at the dance center. So I'm supposed to be, I am artist in residence in, next, this season. Yeah, I can't sure this season, but then with a show in September, which is their next season, and I mean all pending funding, of course. And I am still attached to that, you know. But I actually feel like that the moment during all this where I stopped being attached is when, and it's such a cliche. People say, "And hell, you let go of something, you don't make space for other things." But it's actually a truth, right? Yeah. So, but there's something about it's not like I let go of that and I don't dream of it. I still want to do it. But the distance between here and there is, it's not measurable, right? It's it's not measurable. And I've been having this weird feelings during COVID where it's like, well, the fact that I dreamed about it means that it already happened, right? (laughs) Do you you have that where you're like, actually, it's kind of already happened. Like I just dreamed about this thing so hard. And you know what? It's kind of okay because... It already kind of happened now, like, right? Do you, have you oh, that totally. You know what's funny is the first thing you to me, that is the Jedi mind trick we use with our child <laughs> when he really wants a dumb toy. <laughs> exactly right. So, right. like, like watch a video of it. Like, we kind of, like, saturate him with the idea, with the dream. Of the thing. And then it kind of wears off <laughs> most of the time. But you've already kind of dreamt it. Yeah, I've gone through the steps. I've gone through a bunch of the anxiety. Yeah. It's okay it's not happening because it already kind of did. I mean, yeah, it's not like I really think that, but there is something There's about something that. about that, yeah. yeah. Like we're supposed to go to the lake tomorrow and kind of like if we don't, we'll have already like been talking about it for two hours and figuring out what we're going to take for lunch and what time we're going to leave in order to get there on time. Like, and that, I mean, I'm hoping we'll actually go. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's yeah. a great point about there's something about, and this kind of loops back to the idea of planning. Yeah. When is planning part of the joy of process? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is so much of what we do yeah. is in in the studio or in the thinking, the planning, the like, oh, we could do this or we could do this. I could, you know, put somebody in this dress or whatever um, is so pretty delicious. I mean, but kind of as creators, I feel like that's what we do anyways. Like, so yesterday after Joyce, um, we did our Liz Lerman thing and Rianne was here with her partner, Brandon. And we were just talking because I have a lot of props in the piece, of course. And we just started imagining how, like, we wish that, oh, when she smokes her cigarette, that it could blow out 
um, water or how like if her wig by itself could be kind of giving the wig could be just moving around the space by itself. All these really absurd kind of images that I love. Yeah. And then it's like, it's not good, but I'm like, it kind of happened because four of us dreamed about that and had our own versions of that thing happening in our brains mm. and we collectively came up with ideas just in a random silly way and then like it kind of happened which is nice <laughs> yeah. oh that's beautiful yeah yeah it's like the images were there the images they were, were shared they were shared and generated amongst four people based on a conversation about a work that happened that's in progress and I mean I would like to actually you know I love doing things like that but you know yeah you're so good with stuff I gotta say, I thought good with stuff. I know that that didn't sound as wonderful as I wanted it to sound. But ever since you started doing your own work, um, because I'm such a, uh, I don't want anything on stage. I can't deal with stuff. I've done one piece with stuff, and after the tour, I was like, well, that's the end of stuff for me. Um, But the way you use and embody or have these objects turn into other objects just in the way that you look at them or interact with them. I'm just always so fascinated with that. Well, I think that's just a function of because I'm not interested in movement invention. There's mm. that. And then also that's I remember when I first started working with Robin Potra, who is the master of relationship with objects, in yeah. my opinion. And I actually think that there's something called the Robin Potra School of interacting with objects. And I remember asking her about it and having the opinion that she just had stuff and how come she was always bringing out more stuff mm-hmm. when we were when she was creating with me and and then she said yeah well she works alone so much in in isolation actually in Regina there's not that many people other than you know Edward who she collaborates with regular she said just the objects were the thing to have a relationship with and I think for mm-hmm. me really it's some kind of amorphization where objects are something certainly when I research something on my own to have a relationship with and even working with another dancer like something for them to have a relationship with I think in the group work I've done was less important when they were all dancing together because you know there was 10 arms and (laughs) 10 legs and five heads and they interact well with each other right yes yes most of the time (laughs) so yeah amazing okay I've got some I've got more questions for you but we'll wrap up. Do we want to talk about all the, I do. the people who's working I here? do. I totally I do. do. But I just want to talk about you for a minute more. Um, well, I'm going gray. In the most delightful way. Not really. It's like, I, this is the it's question. Like, it's like a gray head. Do you have no gray hair? Tons of gray hair. I got tons of gray hair. I just have these, you know, kind of box blonde bits that I put into I don't know, blend them. So everything Tara said at the beginning is untrue. I look ridiculous. No, so I yeah. have like a cap of gray hair. It's like a, imagine a bowl cut, but of like gray <laughs> You hair know what it is? Wrapping no. around your head and then the rest of it comes out black. I bet you can't it's wait like to an, see it. It's like an, what do they call it? An ombre or ombre? Oh, ombre, right. ombre of black. I'm holding off. You're just. I'm, the, I'm holding off. The, I'm going to color it. The thing is, it looks good. It's fine. It's so good. You got good hair. Um, We're going to talk about the artist. I want to tell you, you're so funny. So Zine is, one of the things, the beautiful things about Zine is you are so like, you like draw people in. You draw these like fantastic artists into your orbit. Um, And it's, and I can see why, because it's just like so attractive because you've got such a positive and curious energy 
not like, mm, that's curious, but like, ooh, curiosity. Ooh, yeah, I want to also be curious with you. Um, but I want to know, there's so many people through the years, we could name names, we're not going to name names, we have danced with. Yeah. And they threw in the towel. And then other people, and they threw in the towel. And here we still are. Our generation, I know. Generation X, right? Generation X, I know. Fucking Generation X. Look at us. But we're still here. I am, like, I, there was only three people that graduated from SFU in the dance department when I graduated. And I'm the only one left standing. Um, I mean, that's like a third. That's, that's a pretty good ratio. Um, but of the other people I went to school with, I, there's only a couple. Yeah. What's, what, I mean, what's your secret? What do, why? Is it because, I mean, I'm not going to answer the question. I'll let you answer it. Well, I mean, I, I think that a lot of people started dancing really young. Mm-hmm. And so, like, just by pure mathematics, I didn't start till I was 18 or something like that. So, our, you know, other people already had 10, 11, 12 years on me. So sometimes I think it's just a time thing where, but I think it's just people's priorities shift. Um, I just really love, I'm happiest when I'm creative, right? And I'm happiest when I'm busy. I'm one of those freaks who, for whom being still or relaxing really stresses me out like I'm really relaxed when I'm doing and then after a while I do so much that I'm like oh it's so unfair I do so much (laughs) but I'm actually just so happy working whatever that means because work is play and like Mm. even like the work of cleaning my fridge is a kind of play sometimes you know and so I think I'm just I feel most it sounds again like such a cliche but I literally feel most engaged with being alive when I'm creative and dance is the form that I've learned but it can be like painting the walls here was like creating the space was a creative venture going from it being full of mattresses upstairs from the hotel and furniture with holes in the wall to figuring out how with limited resources to do and then figuring out like Jess Wilkie's coming down later she just texted now how am I going to figure out how to put her paintings there like Anything creative is just so worth living mm-hmm. to do, I feel, yeah, for me. Yeah. Um, I think that's how it is. And then so what, I guess I could just, well, like Sarah, I could be like Sarah, and I could quit dance and, or stop dance and move on to, I have no other talent. So <laughs> <laughs> I so doubt that. I don't think but that's like, true. Is it but similar for you where you just are super engaged with, this is just who I am. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 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 And um, I definitely got this when I was pregnant, when I had my child, but like, oh, you're still dancing. That whole question of being an older dancer. And to me, I feel like it's a political act in a way. I feel so. It's a totally political act. I feel so delighted and happy when I see you on stage, when I see other, especially female identifying people just performing and performing and performing um, because I want to see reflections of my experience, yeah, yeah. you know, and not just the fantastic bouncy 25 year olds. I love the, fa- they're wonderful. I know some really bouncy six year olds too. There you go. But the thing, I mean, and so the next piece that I'm hoping to do that's supposed to be at the dance center or that's pending funding is actually, I've told you about it actually in brief passing is a menopausal manifesto yes because this space that we occupy is so nebulous it's not like you're a senior it's not like wow that person like this is like this weird in-between place of 
not quite young, not quite old, super sexy, but not really sexy, but super sexy, or like, like just so many weird things. And I totally agree with what you're saying or hear you. It's, um, but I'm really happy being 51. Oh, you're a fantastic. I'm about to turn 48. Okay, you're still a baby. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good um I keep thinking shouldn't we start lying about our ages that's the memo I got early on but I keep not doing it partly because I feel strongly that it's like you know fuck that this is what 48 looks like on me this is what 51 looks like on you and 51 feels great I don't feel any different like in fact I had more injuries when I was younger granted I was trying to do things physically that I shouldn't have been trying to do anyways Uh um but also just didn't have cared more about being able to achieve things than about caring for my body um oh, I think and I care now more about being able to achieve an idea in mm-hmm. a plethora of ways than about being able to do it with physical virtuosity not that I've ever been physically virtuosic but I would disagree with that but just like and I'm not saying that that doesn't matter but it's just you know that there's so I remember a long time ago in Susan Elliott's piece Sufei saying to me who is another amazing performer who is you know our generation saying well there's just so many different types of virtuosity and yeah. um I say, no I, I feel better in fact when I'm tired I'm just like what is this is so weird like I'm never tired yeah so like this idea but everybody's different. Like, you know, I, yeah. I, we have the great fortune of good health. And, um, like, I don't even know that feeling. So in terms of the idea of getting older and having less energetic resources, I feel like I'm just, like, like I'm literally here 12 hours a day. Like, I come here, I clean the floor, then I warm up if I get to, and then I move things around, and then I rehearse, and then I open up the shop. And then and then I'm just, like, really happy. And I go home, and I drink wine and go to sleep. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> and it feels like, too, like, just as you're talking, like, I, it's like I can feel the energy kind of, like, coming off you, just coming back hyper. to yeah. you, <laughs> coming off. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Okay. So <laughs> My family rolls their eyes at me all the time. It's like, okay, everybody, I have an idea. <laughs> But it's like we all have different creative metabolisms. I right, think. yeah. And some people need more time and contemplation. And um, I just enjoy being engaged. Yeah. yeah, in the flow of the energetic exchange. Yeah, and actually when I do feel tired is usually when there's not even a load of laundry to take care of. Like when there's nothing to actually engage with. Yeah. With and I do like like sitting at the screen and looking on the internet like that's exhausting. Well, that sucks it out of me. Unless, well, I got really addicted to marketplace for a while because I was like getting boxes and things. (laughs) (laughs) But that's feeding. That's yeah. Now we're going to talk about the artists. Okay, now we're going to talk about the artists. Oh, Zine, you're so fabulous. Okay, so tell me about some of the the pieces, and I will link all this stuff. Yeah. So first of all, in terms of the. So there's mostly dance artists who have their work, which is, um, is the word adjunct, adjacent to what they usually do, um, except for in the case of Serge Benetton, because he's actually making this lateral move from being a dance artist. And also he just had his first award as a painter. So we have one, two, about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of Serge's paintings for the soul. Then we have Erika Mitsuhashi's masks, her Handmade journals, her cactus, her little felted cactus. They're these tiny little, like, they're so cute. They're so cute. And they have <gasps> little pouches. Then Francesca Fuhrer, 
body care products. Right now we have um, body scrub and face oil. And she said the other day she's bringing massage oil down. Mm. We have Haley Gothrop's word necklaces. Um, so oh, yeah. I'm going to get one. The best necklaces that say vulva and tender and crybaby and cunt. Cunt is like only Kelly McInnes has a cunt necklace to my knowledge. I'm sure other people <laughs> do too. Everybody's going to want one now. Yeah. Um, then other dance artists. Oh, Oksana Augustine's lip balm and candles. Plus she's doing aura paintings. I'm afraid. I'm so come and get your aura painted. Come and get your aura Ooh. painted. It's amazing. Um, Jessica Wadsworth from KWC paints these amazing jars of iconic feminists or anybody that you want to have painted. Like, Oh, they're so good. Sister, She's got a Hannah Gatsby one that I'm going, yeah. I'm going to be leaving um, with. Oh, Sarah also has books here. Sarah Doucette has, makes amazing jewelry with words on it. And Cougar is from Toronto. She's another dance artist. Um, there's Annie Lynn, who is a taiko drummer who I met through Sammy Chin. Um, has Taiwanese bracelets, indigenous bracelets here. Roxanne Nesbitt has her hand cast pottery here. Heidi Taylor. So it's all affiliated who... As a dramaturg for many yeah, dance artists, her partner great. Ed Hunt has some prints here. Sammy Chan's dad has some rice paper and ink drawings, paintings here. They're gorgeous. Ilse Babri, who I met in contact class, just brought down some paintings the other day. Jess Wilkie is bringing down some of her paintings of the insides of our bodies mm. later this mm. afternoon. Sauhali, who is a friend of Rihanna Savelnis's, has these amazing pieces of paper art, which are made from things like a year's worth of to-do lists or oh. pay stubs and yucca plants or plant trimmings. Stephanie Amyaw is a Ghanaian artist who has her Ankara fabric accessories here. There's Vines artists' um, cards and books and tote bags here. Alexa Martin has her book. Talking, Thinking, Dancing Body here. Sarah Wong has her book that's from Boombox, uh, our Boombox residence here. Um, Peter Dickinson is going to be launching his book here. And there's more. I hope I haven't missed anything. And I invite anybody who wants to bring their work down to the space and share it with people to do that. I think I'll start promoting it more to the general public in the fall if I stay here. But for now, it's just like people come and see and there's no pressure to buy anything, but yeah, it's just, there's this, it's like, um, it's a kind of economy of like, I need a mask. So I'm going to buy a mask from one of my colleagues in the arts, even if I've never met them Totally. or I need like Joyce came, she needed a gift for a friend. She's like, Oh yeah, perfect. Of course. I'm going to get a gift. I'm going to get it here. And I love our West coast dance community, theater making community for a lot of these kind of like connectedness and yeah. I mean when Jasper was little my child yeah. and he needed a babysitter we hired dancers of course so and much so still, yeah that when we didn't the one time nobody was available he was like I don't know so well, that's, we don't want we don't want this one again yeah. give me one of those beautiful dancers yeah. oh and I forgot and Dina DeVita who is you know a mentor to me and one of the matriarchs of dance in Canada was so excited. She likes like, I have to send you. She has these necklaces that are from her travels as a dance artist in a lifetime. These beads collected, she's collected everywhere from Jerusalem to like, yeah, to Venice and stuff like that. I'm just fearing that I've come down and see some work. Come down and and I'll, and I'll post all that uh, on the show notes. And um, 
And we will look for, I will put your website on so we can yeah. look for when there are opportunities yeah, to yeah. come in Absolutely. and see your work. I'm really excited about Maiden Voyage. Yeah. And also if people have ideas that of things they want to do here, if I'm not using the space, you know, like if you wanted regular studio time or something, I'm open to that. In fact, I might be looking for another studio mate. Um, but if it's just like a one-off thing where you're like, hey, I just want to do a run of my work here on the weekend and um, just invite two people over, you know, or 10 people yeah. over the course of eight hours or something. I'm totally open to it. And if it I'm is a here, storefront too. So like, as you said, like it could be a really interesting thing to yeah. like have, yeah. you know, people yeah. on one side of the window and yeah. on the other. Thank you so much for talking to me. You're an inspiration. I'm glad we had this chance to chat and um, looking forward to seeing your stuff and I'll, post all that in the show notes so we can come and visit. Thank you so much, Tara. And that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Please check out our show notes where we will have all the links to some of the amazing artists that we talked about in the interview. And if you are on the West coast of Canada in Vancouver and um, you're walking around and you'd like to maybe buy a gift, you can check out Zine's shop, Moro, and we will post the link to that as well. It's a really wonderful thing, and I feel really inspired to practice purchasing using my economic power, my economic privilege to buy things from other artists, buy things from people of color, buy things that are made right here. So it's something to think about. It's wherever you are. Um, It's not that hard to look around, do a little search, and find out who's making wonderful things. There's a lot of wonderful things out there. This podcast was produced by Mark Stewart, markstewartmusic.com, with original music by the same. You can get in touch with us on Instagram, Tara Cheyenne TCP, Facebook, Tara Cheyenne Performance, or drop us a line info at terrashyan.com. I'd love to hear from you. I recently noticed that we have listeners all over the world. So if you are somewhere other than the West Coast of Canada, or you are on the West Coast of Canada, I would love to hear from you, hear what kind of topics you're interested in hearing in terms of art making and just living creative. It's important for all of us to keep thinking about it. It really gets me up in the morning as long as I'm making something. Talking Shit with Tara Cheyenne is a production of Tara Cheyenne Performance. Check us out, www.terrashyenne.com. Check us out. Keep making shit up. This podcast is effing good.